Hello, and welcome to the First Impressions Colts Cover 2 podcast. I am Joel A. Erickson. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Nate Atkins. Uh, we are in the hotel um, after the Colts win over the Raiders. We took a little bit of time. Neither of us have been in Las Vegas before. Um, so I, we, we walked the strip. Nate, Nate had been out there uh, last night. I uh, I went hiking this morning. Uh, my, my personal review, um, Bellagio Fountains, great. All the rest of it, not great. That's not my scene. It's just not my scene. It's not your scene. You're you're not into gambling. I'm not into gambling. You're not into, and I'm not huge into gambling either. I I had to be very careful last night when I was there, and it was around midnight. And I got to the blackjack table, and I knew if I got roped in, I'd be there for like five hours, and I couldn't afford to do it. So well, that's a good thing that you didn't do that. That is that is my one part of Vegas that I I would love is the blackjack table. Um, I really like the the. The hiking around here, I like that. This morning, I had a good time. I, I this morning, I, I like to try to uh, I like to try to do something with those later games that kind of clears your head, um, gets you away from it before you spend all the time focusing on it. So that was I didn't get to do a peak. I didn't get up quite early enough to do a peak, um, but I did a canyon hike uh, in the Red Rock in Red Rock Canyon Park, um, and that was that was really cool. Uh, really, really neat rock formations. Liked it a lot better than walking the strip. Um, just a lot of, I don't know, just not my scene. Like felt very, I know this was, a, this is what this, the, the strip is, but very touristy and kind of fake. And I didn't really like that the, uh, I don't really feel like it was, a like, I felt like everything is just sort of cribbed from everywhere else. Like there's like a New yeah. York thing and then there's a Paris thing. I apologize to people who don't like, or who people who like Las Vegas, but it's, that's it's just a, my review. It's good if you're into people watching, especially with the open container law. Um, but that's not why we're here. We're here to cover the, the Colts versus the Raiders. The Colts won the game 25-20. to 20. Uh, The offense looked competent. Uh, it looked like an offense that could score. Um, obviously, I think the big the big question, and this is probably where we should start, uh, or the big the big development of the game was Matt Ryan started the game, and as opposed to Sam Ellinger. Um, I'll, I'll just say it flat out. This is probably what should have happened all along. Yeah, no question. It was the most baffling thing to look back on this season is when Matt Ryan gets hurt against the Titans, separated shoulder, guts it out for the rest of that game, but he he can't throw anything beyond like five to ten yards. And they know he's not going to play the next week, and they come out and they announce we're going to Sam Ellinger for the rest of the season. And at the time, you know, not to rehash it too much, but that was a collective decision. It came after, you know, Frank Reich said that Matt Ryan's our quarterback, but then he met with Jim Mersey and Chris Ballard, and um, and Jim Mersey can kind of overrule anyone he wants. And so if you read between the lines, kind of regardless of what you're hearing out there, make no mistake about it, the owner drove that decision, and that's why it went that way because really there was no reason ever to do anything other than say Matt Ryan can't play this week. It's week to week. Uh, they could have started Sam. I think at the same time you could have argued to start Nick Foles. I I have a feeling that's where Frank Reich would have liked to go because he won a Super Bowl that way. Either way, the disruption and the distraction they caused by just so publicly and permanently benching their quarterback that that everyone loved as a leader, and we'll get to kind of how that came back up today. But at the time, I think I think that cost them the game against the Commanders. And I say that because just one specific example is Michael Pittman Jr. was just flat out not himself that day. He's not the only one, but he's the one that admitted it to me, played his worst game and 
it just was a distraction, a lot of adversity that they created for themselves. And that's what this whole season has been them creating their own fires and then having to put them out. And today I felt like they put out some of those fires. They put out the one with the quarterback position and Jeff Saturday, I think showed more than anything, just the place he's at with Jim Irsay to get this back in that direction. He recognized by, uh, after Thursday's practice when Matt Ryan came back and he watched him throw and he talked to Nick Foles and he got a pulse of the locker room and he realized like, this is not only our leader, but when he watched him throw, he thought he, he can still do it. Like he's, he's healthy enough. He's spry enough. And by Friday morning, they made the decision to switch back to Matt Ryan. And that today just felt like a, uh, a relief from everybody. So, uh, so it was, it was impressive. It was impressive to see Matt step back in there and, and recreate what he kind of had to accept as being gone for a couple, you know, potentially forever. He, I'm sure he had, he had a lot of thoughts about, is this, have I thrown my last pass in the NFL? I'm sure that had to, had to creep in, but the story I ended up writing was that he pretty much, the, the way he came back from this was by never changing who he was at all. And that's what everybody, I asked so many guys in the locker room, what they learned about their quarterback in the two, in the two to three weeks when he was hurt and benched and they have a coach fired and he's got it. He stood up and gave a speech to the team this week. And they all said, it's the guy he always was. And that's why it became, it was even more impressive because they were all more frustrated for him than what he showed to them. And it let him step back in and it, it just solidified all the lessons, all the words he gave back when he gave a PowerPoint about being a great teammate in the spring. None of it was talk, all of it's action. And it's kind of what's created his career and what kind of led this moment of his, for at least one game and one moment, a resurrection. Well, and, we can get to this probably now, but one of the things about today is that we saw what happens if you can actually protect him if the line plays well. Um, the line did play well. They didn't. Um, they only gave him one sack and one um, quarterback hit. And one quarterback hit. They, uh, they 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 protected very well. They run. I think that they ran block. They they run block very well. Um, there's a caveat here, and I, I know people don't want to hear it. I understand that, but it, it's an important caveat because the NFL is more about matchups than people realize. Um, and the the matchup that the Colts had last week was against the New England Patriots, which is a, a very good front with one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Um, but they had they were top six, I believe, in completion percentage allowed, interceptions, and sacks. Um, and that all played out. It all played out. Um the team that they played today is the exact opposite of that. They were dead last in the NFL in completion percentage allowed. Uh, they were dead last in the NFL in sacks by a lot. Uh, they do have one great pass rusher, but they don't have the depth that the Patriots have. They're supposed um, to have two, but Chandler Jones is not. Delivered. Chandler Jones has not played well. You, you can't. I, I understand that Chandler Jones is a, is historically a good pass rusher. This year, he has not been a good pass rusher. Uh, Max Crosby has now they have they got one sack today. Max Crosby now has seven of their ten sacks. Uh, Unreal. To put, I mean, let's I'll start start here with Crosby. That's that's an incredible season given how little help he's getting. But also on top of that, if if you had if your best guy set the NFL sack record had twenty three sacks and still had seven and had 70% of your sacks you would still have a bad season rushing the passer that's 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 what that is and they they're not there it's it's a it's a team that's not good at rushing the passer they're not good at stopping the pass 
And so there is a, there is a question for me. There's a question for me of whether or not this is real, whether or not this is going to look the same against Philadelphia. Um, I, this this current edition of the Colts has lost um, the they've lost the rope from me as far as like just assuming that they've they've turned it around because we did see them in another Matt Ryan game have fifty eight dropbacks against the Jaguars and not give up a sack in that game they gave up like six quarterback hits um, they they protected well in that game and they talked a lot about how they felt like well you know the the coaches talked a lot about how they felt like the the offensive line had found something. And then the next week, the very next week, uh, pressure and turnovers and all the stuff that happened all Matt season. Matt Ryan got hurt. Yeah, they, they, Matt Ryan got hurt um, in that game. So, uh, forgive me. I'm, I need to. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait before I, I make any sweeping judgments about the offensive line. Uh, Will Fries obviously is better. Played much better, I think, than Matt Pryor. Um, the, the the season long, the, the the first half of the season, continuing to play Pryor. Uh, that that was a mistake, obviously. Um, so for fry, fries over prior, obviously. Uh, I also thought I also think it's interesting what's going on with Bernard Ryman that he's started the last two games at left tackle, um, and played okay. Um, that's a good sign for the future, is that he is, and that he's starting now, so he can he can learn some stuff. Um, but whether or not this line is fixed, and they're going to play like that every game. I, I'm going to need to reserve. We, we, um, we need to see them against Philadelphia. We need to see them against Dallas. Um, depending on where TJ Watt is, we might need to see him against Pittsburgh to find that out. To find out if this if this is something that's for real or if it's another mirage like Jacksonville was. Yeah, there's a lot of, of reasons to be skeptical and, and some reasons to feel like they have gotten a little better as an offense collectively. So a few of the reasons to lay out. I mean, Jonathan Taylor looks fresh compared to what he's been he said and you asked him today he said he's he's not where he was before the ankle injury ever happened but he said he's definitely better than he's been and obviously he looked he hit 20 miles an hour on that 66 yard touchdown run which is his fastest it was only 20 only 20 so he's not quite all the way back he's not all the way back because all the way back is 22 but that is a season high and it's more than what i think he's been capable of doing lately so that's a difference you mentioned will fries that's a difference um, ever since they moved Kylan Granson to a pretty much almost full-time receiver outside the run game, uh, that has, I think, made him more confident and comfortable. He said that to me. And then they found a very defined role for Paris Campbell, who if you look at his last three games with Matt Ryan, that's the thing they got back today is that connection and that sort of they're getting to the point where they're throwing him open a little bit and, and, and using more design screens to him. Like he's on a pace over his last three games to finish with – 136 catches if that was over a full season. So he he feels unleashed at least at this at this current moment. And then Matt Ryan is just a good quarterback for Michael Pittman Jr. and that's that's what went away really with Sam Ellinger as a quarterback who held the ball and didn't didn't really throw timing routes and let Michael Pittman just use his body to shade out defenders and catch the ball and get into a flow and Pittman's a very um how should I say momentum-based player like he he runs kind of hot and cold, and when it's hot, it, it can be really, really fun. So there's some things to be encouraged by, but absolutely on the same way because not only is the pass rush of the Raiders bad, but, like, man, I, their coverage, their safeties are some of the slowest and most just out of position I've seen. If you watch, Paris Campbell's really fast, so I give him credit for this. But that game-winning touchdown, they were just horrible positioning from the corners to the safeties. So we got to see it against something a little bit more real. And uh, 
also not something we got to consider too. Again, they had their big performance against the Jaguars because they rolled out a hurry-up offense that was so new and different. By the next week, that kind of went down. This week, the Raiders were preparing for Sam Ellinger, and they took a they took a game plan from Bill Belichick, which is where all these coaches originated from. They thought they were going to get that. They got Matt Ryan. It's just different, and so there's always this adjustment to it when you have to face it week after week, and there's you, you know what you're going up against. So we'll see how they they play going forward. So I'm I'm not there that saying it's fixed either, and I know you know some people are going to just look at the result today and think that the change in play caller and Jeff Saturday's arrival reignited this. I, I'm not saying those guys can't make a difference. Parks Frazier did seem to call a pretty good game and, and, um, and the line played better since Jeff Saturday got here, but we got to see it against something more than the last ranked defense, the NFL with a surprise quarterback. Change. I think, I think if there was anything that you could take away from it as maybe encouraging, it was not only Taylor looking good, but some of the run blocking, because generally the Raiders have been a good run defense this year. Now they were down some linebackers today, but um, you know, run defense is really a lot about the front, um, and then the linebackers have to make tackles behind it. But it's a lot of it has to do with the guys up front and what they can do. And so I, th- I think that that maybe is a, a, a better and more impressive development is that the fact that they were able to run the ball some today, as opposed to what we've seen from them in the past. Um, but but yeah, I, it's just matchups matter. It just does. They just they just do in this in this league. And health also matters. And one point I'll make is that they had all their guys that they needed and they wanted out there. Jonathan Taylor's back and fresh. Matt Ryan is back and out there. All three receivers. Again, they have a they had a game where they got you see them at their lowest moments. They got shut out in Jacksonville. Two starting receivers were not out there. Um, some moments when they've not had Jonathan Taylor, they don't even try to run like that game against mm-hmm. Jacksonville. So to have that full complement was great. You can't count on that every single week, and the depth has been a concern on this team. So, yes, if, if you can tell me if they're going to have all those guys the rest of the season, then I think you can be pretty hopeful. The reality, though, is unless that's where the line has to get a ton better because so many guys have gotten hurt by them not blocking some of the biggest and, and most brutal hits that a defense can offer. So that's going to be the test going forward. One of, those, one of the things um, – that we're going to find out is, uh, I think, with Matt Ryan back in the in the lineup, is this gives some of the young pass catchers a chance. You've kind of already hit on this, but I want to go back to it a little bit. This gives some of the young pass catchers a chance to make an impact on a game every week. Um, even even the even the game against the Commanders, uh, there there were some chances for guys to make plays. It wasn't the same as it is with Ryan. With with Ryan, you can call you can call more passes. You can do some of that stuff. And and it, it it gives a chance for Pittman and Pierce and Campbell and, and Kylan Granson today, especially early. Um, it gives them a chance to keep developing and keep kind of finding out what this momentum goes. Um, I uh, again, I don't. I I really respect uh, Parks Frazier. Um, like this this guy's a grinder. He, his first two years in the league were spent as Frank Reich's personal assistant, which basically means that. Whenever Reich was there, he was there, and that's like four o'clock in the morning to like midnight or something, um, you know. And and he's he's gradually worked his way up through there. I thought he did a good job calling the game today. I didn't think that outside of the results, that the offense looked that different to me. Um, and I I, wow. I I know people are going to say, well, they they ran a quarterback sneak. 
They did that against Kansas City. I'd have to go back and watch that one again. That's to also see right after they had the defense had too many men on the field, so they moved it literally within. That's what, that's what I was about to say. It was within. It was like it was like half a foot. It was right there on the doorstep. Ryan didn't have to drive the pile at all. Um, so I'd be interested to see if they did that again. The neat thing, did you notice on that play they motioned Michael Pittman behind Matt Ryan to push him and pushed him. Like Matt Ryan's not your traditional sneak, like six six type Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, yeah, quarterback. So it's not normally what you would like to do, especially a guy coming off a shoulder injury. So it was just that was a bit of a creative little wrinkle they added in there. But yeah, it's I'm with you. It's they blocked a lot better, but that that isn't again. That's why we've we've done this with play calling all year. Is that like you can't call plays very easily if nobody blocks. But when they block, it looks a lot better and it opens it way up. So. Think if this blocking, then yeah, I mean Parks is going to have some chances to do some cool things and build on this. But well, that's and, we got to see and, it. And Parks is Parks is a, a great guy, and and like I said, he's worked very very hard. I don't want to take anything away from him. It was a very like for them to have for an offense that's been that bad to have that performance today uh, against any opponent is is somewhat impressive because they have had bad performances against bad opponents before this season, uh, particularly on the road. But at the same time, like. Like I said, like I kind of said, it's just it's hard for me to get uh, super like feel like everything's turned around with this team until we see it happen over and over again because we've had mirages before. We've had a few of them uh, with this team offensively, and and again, I just can't get out of my head that this, this is a bad defense. And I, I get it. I, I get that people are excited about it. I understand that. Um, you want to say it's the NFL, it, it doesn't matter, but it does. It does matter. And, and my evidence for that, I'm not even going to use the Colts. I'm going to use the Patriots. Uh, all you need to know about whether or not matchups matter is like the, the thing that Belichick has become famous for is being willing to just have these game plans that are wildly one side or the other based on who they're playing. It's because matchups matter. It does. If, if a team is weak at something, it makes it easier to attack them, and the Raiders are weak against the pass. They just are. And, and to, to that point, I mean, two times this year, Belichick's defense has gotten torched, and it was by Justin Fields and it was by Lamar Jackson. So these superstar athletes, that quarterback run game and that extending the play has really crushed the weakness of the Patriots' defense, which is linebackers. I remember they were asking me, I went on the Patriots' pregame show, and they were asking me, could Sam Ellinger do the same thing? And I said, well, he's not that level of – break your back athlete the way that they're going to face a Kyler Murray and that, that he is. So matchups are big. And, like, the Colts just haven't – it's half a season in, and they have not earned the benefit of the doubt as an offense overall, especially an offensive line, though. So, yeah, if we – the further that they go and they do this, if they do it against the Eagles and, and they do it against the Steelers, and if they have T.J. Watt back, then, it, yeah, at some point we're going to have to say, you know what, they made a Something difference. Something changed, yeah. Everything's changed. changed. But, but right now the change to me today was – Two things, mainly. They faced a bad defense, and they had a dramatic improvement at quarterback. Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan now is um, Matt Ryan now is 4-3-1 and one in games that he started for the Colts. If Rodrigo Blankenship makes a kick, he's 5-3. Five, he's five and three. And he has five fourth-quarter comebacks, right. which leads and, the NFL. And, and, and I get, listen, I get it. He, he had too many turnovers early in the season. He was under fire. He made mistakes. I get that. I also get the the idea to try to move. I, I get that some fans like the idea to try to move Ellinger to uh, starting quarterback because he's a little more mobile and can escape the rush. But we saw the limitations of that last week against the Patriots. Hey, Matt Ryan looked pretty sacks. mobile today. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we had we got a couple of like this is probably a good place to lighten up. Let's let, I'm gonna lighten up. There, there I'm gonna go with a couple of um maybe we should add this to the first impressions pod. Let's see if I can remember it next week. But like I will give you my three like most amusing plays. Like just plays that sort of gave me joy as a football fan. Uh number one, Quentin Nelson <laughs> thinking he had to get the ball out of the end zone to avoid a safety. That was hysterical. And 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 specifically the end of it when a Raiders defensive back came up and tried to tackle him and did Nelson, not go well. And Nelson covered up like a running back and <laughs> destroyed him. And there were a couple more defensive backs back there, and I, I would have liked to see what would happen. So that's my number one. My number two most amusing play was Matt Ryan running for 39 yards. Not because the play didn't look good. It looked good. It looked fine. It was a really good run. He even cut back. Um, a I nice block from Ashton Dillon. I can't Dillon. remember who it was in the locker room. I was talking to somebody in the locker room. It might have been Paris Campbell, and he was saying, like, I couldn't believe he was out there, and then I couldn't believe he actually cut back into the into the field of play. Um, yeah, it, Z- Zaire Franklin was like, "Has he ever done that before?" And we were like, it, "He's no, 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 never no. done." And that here's 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 where I'll end this. That I can give you answers on that. Uh, number one, no, his previous r- long run in his career was twenty yards. Number two, not only was that his his longest run of his career. That run by itself was more yards rushing than Matt Ryan has ever had in a game in his career, which I just that just tickled me to death. I just I enjoyed that immensely. So Parks Frazier unlocks something that no one's discovered. <laughs> and then number three, number three on amusing things, and this is this is sort of a recurring thing with me if you follow my Twitter account. Uh, teams running perimeter plays at the line of scrimmage to Kenny Moore's side. Huh. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. The the chances of you being successful when Moore has a chance to play downhill like a tiny little linebacker and make a tackle are not good. And the Raiders did it on fourth down and lost three yards. They uh I like you have film. I don't get it. I don't I don't we'll, we'll take we're, out the film. We're five years into this. I don't understand it. Like I don't get it. The, what what's going on? The design of that play It was tickles to, me to death. It tickles me to death. Was to pitch the ball to the short side of the field where Kenny Moore and Stephon Gilmore are lined up. And on the other side of the field is Brandon Faison lined way outside the numbers with the wide side of the field. And Josh McDaniels pitched it to the side with Moore and Gilmore. And Kenny blew it up, but Stephon Gilmore had a great edge set on that. There was not going to be any room for that to work. I mean, it, it just – and that leads me to my favorite play was uh, – a a Josh McDaniel special where he called for a double pass to Devontae Adams who just decided I'm going to run it and that worked out better than anything that would have happened if he threw the ball. That was quite amusing. Which yeah. is a very like sums up kind of the Josh McDaniels experience right now which is great players have to bail out the play design. Um, Josh McDaniels was brutal again today and th- that's just if there's a little bit of karma that Colts fans can can take away from this is that the coach that left them at the altar right now is 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 just about um, there have been two coaches fired, and if there's one that has the hottest seat left, it, it may be Josh McDaniels because they're two and seven, which is incredible considering every game this year they've had Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs in the year 2022, and they're two and seven. This is a good this is a good segue into the defense because I, I think there were some warning signs with the defense today that I want to get to specifically, um, specifically with the pass rush. Uh, Quiddy Pay left with an ankle injury i don't i think he was resting more we'll have to see the snap counts in the morning but i think he was resting more already than uh normal actually i might try to look this up while you talk but uh 
Well, he popped up on the injury report on Friday. On Friday with the ankle. With an ankle. Yeah. And again, he had he had just come off the ankle injury before that, but this was a new or a re-aggravation of it, but he wasn't on the injury report earlier in the week. So this also, is starting to become a thing where he's he's had a few nicks and bruises. This is also this is also starting to become a thing with ankle injuries this year. Where the Colts, where the Colts bring people back and then they get hurt again, that happened to Taylor too. Um, Which but, shows you a little bit about their desperation. Is that? But without Quiddy Pay and without Taekwon Lewis, who's obviously out for the season now, um, we were basically back. The Colts were basically back to uh, what their pass rush was last season, where it's it's DeForest Buckner and DeForest Buckner, mm-hmm. and I, I shouldn't say that he got help from Grover Stewart today. Who's who got a few more uh, pass rush opportunities? And I talked to him about this after the game, and he actually, nope, game report's not up yet. D- don't have the snaps yet. Um, but the game report is up again. Was up or uh, Grover Stewart got a couple more pass rush reps. He was excited about that. I'm also excited for that because he's made so many p- plays penetrating in the backfield this year. I'm excited anytime Grover Stewart's excited, and uh, <laughs> he he is he, one uh, of the most fun uh, fun personalities. And he no one summed up this week in a more authentic way to themselves it's also real and funny than him when he said we had a lot of commotion <laughs> um the uh so so grover grover rushing the passer uh but but that's the problem is like what you get out of him is good but it's not necessarily consistent and you have to keep yeah and it was it was a cover sack too and, and most, he did a good job but it was you, you, he's a how dare you call <laughs> grover stewart sack a covered sack I'm just please, giving some credit to please, other people. Please tweet at Nate Atkins and email him about his taking taking <sighs> this away from Grover. I I fully support anything you send. Do not do not take Grover's sack away from him. Um, but the 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 big larger problem. Hey, Rush and cover to go about, together. They say it all the time. The large no no. You see, you're trying to you're trying to hurt Grover. Don't hurt Grover. He's he's the one. Him and Buckner are the two unassailable. I think will be okay. Him and Buckner are the two unassailable members of this Colts team. This I've season. been I've been Stephon Gilmore into that. Nope. And I don't care about the play against Commanders because That's the one. you know why? <laughs> because that was like you and I were out there rushing the pass from that play. So when you're 32 and trying to cover for 18 years against Terry McLaurin, that's going to happen once in a while. Gilmore don't, don't don't you cut down Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> Gilmore Please tweet at Joel Erickson, who's cutting down <laughs> Stephon Gilmore, and I'll support everything you have to say. I, I'm saying that he should. I'm saying what Gilmore said, which is he should have made that play. Whereas you're cutting down Grover from no, sack. I'm, I'm sharing what he says, which is very different. We all play together. the The biggest problem is the biggest problem though is is uh, if the, if we saw last year what happens to this pass rush when it's only DeForest Buckner. And it's dangerously. It was dangerously close to that today, and they almost lost the game because of it. Um, Gilmore made a play on the ball and on fourth down to to keep it to keep them with the win. But they they struggled with the with their car in the passing game. Mm-hmm. They struggled with completions. They struggled with plays happening down the field. That's they, how they lost to him last year. There there were a lot of rushes today where Buckner came free and attacked him and because there was only one person attacking Carr had a chance to evade him and move and the, the, actually the sack Buckner got which he had to share with Unique Ngakwe um, was one where he he initially made him move and then circled back around and helped clean him up um, they, they need more out of Ngakwe this is a good place to talk about it like, we probably need to do a couple minutes on this he was brought here to be like the linchpin edge rusher and it just hasn't happened he has five sacks 
He's second on the team to Buckner with five and a half. But the two seasons are so wildly different in terms of Buckner has looked dominant as long as he's been healthy all season long. And Gakwe has five sacks that are kind of in and out. And it just hasn't been the consistent pressure that they were expecting to get from him. Um, you love the way he came in here. You love the way he like practiced and, and tried to reach out to the community and become involved in Indianapolis. But they they brought him in here to be the edge rusher to close down games like this, and he, he just hasn't done it. And to take some of the to take some of the double teams off of Buckner, I, I every time every single time I watch Buckner through the binoculars, which is a lot. Like I like to watch good pass rushers, so I watch Buckner a lot. Um, every time I watch the binoculars, it felt like the Raiders had two guys on him. And this this isn't a Gus Bradley thing. Gus Bradley is trying really hard to get him one-on-ones. They're stunting him. They're twisting him. They're lining him up at defensive end. They're doing a lot of different things to get him free. And unfortunately, he's enormous. And so the offense well, the offense can read 99 and see the big elbow brace and the fact that the biggest guy in the field is right there. And they they're starting to get bet teams are starting to get better at double teaming him. It's going to be harder and harder for Buckner. Um, to keep having these games with a lot of impact as he gets double teamed, that that takes a toll on you, especially when one of your arms is hurt and you can't, you don't have the same power and extension that you normally have. Well, it's a little bit of a Gus Bradley thing because Ngakwe is his guy. You know, he brought him point. here to be that, and so it hasn't come all the way together. There's a couple of things going on with Yannick that are, I don't explain this, but it's it's worth mentioning. He is. I think he came out a little too strong in training camp when it comes to the fact that he they found a, uh, a back issue that he called genetic that they've been managing. I think he probably came out a little too hot in that training camp trying to become that guy for a very small body that and I think it's taken a little bit of a toll. Other thing too is like he's like I mentioned with Michael Pittman Jr. He runs very hot and cold, and this like I brought this up that the uh, the defense has has played well all year. But they're you know they're they're able to lock in as a unit and, and individual guys are playing super well. They're also human beings who are not immune to the chaos and changes that are going on and and um, you know Ngakwe has been kind of in the center of a lot of that as a guy who's in a contract year came here to play with Matt Ryan um, as a Gus Bradley guy and Gus gets passed over for a coach on the outside and just it doesn't excuse it. It's just it's you're trying to figure out why this is the way it is because Ngakwe has always been this guy who is a bit one dimen- pretty one dimensional. He's not a not a big run stuffer. Um he's gotta win a certain way, but he he as a pass rusher, but he's done it for so long so consistently. Again, he's one of like five players ever who's had eight sacks in his first six seasons. So I just don't buy that he's you know, he is not just a clean up sack guy. That wouldn't work every year to that level, every single season, system to system the way it has. Um He's he's a better player than how he's playing this year, and I'm I'll be interested to talk to him just to figure out a little bit of why that is. Um, you know, he he really expected to have a big year. They did, and the rest of the defense has mostly come together outside of a couple of things, and it would mostly go to the edge rush position. I think they need more out of Dio Adengbo too. Yeah, is, is kind of the yeah, other part he of this. Flashed a couple times early, and then didn't, and then kind of faded away as the game went on. Yeah, and I mean, Quiddy Pay is looking like the first-round pass rusher that they drafted. It's what it was supposed to be, and he's taken big strides in the second year. He's just having some injury issues. Dio's the guy that's got to be – he's got to follow that because what we were told when they drafted Dio and he, they knew he was coming off an Achilles injury was going to take some time is that once he got over that, 
you'd see that this guy was a no doubt about it first round pass rusher. And if that's what a guy is, he should be a double digit sack type of player. And we just have not seen that yet. So it's still early in his time. He kind of lost a rookie year. So I guess this is kind of his rookie year. But this is a big moment because they're not getting what they thought they would out of Ngakwe. And Taekwon Lewis is out for the year. And Quiddy Pay is having He's injury issues. Yeah. Like this is a huge spot for Dio to really take control of this. And if he can, and you mix that with Grover Stewart and uh, and DeForest Buckner, and you take a little pressure off Ngakwe, that, this could, that can – just a little bit of improvement from Dio could be a big, big thing. That'll be something to watch the next couple of weeks because the offenses are going to start getting better. Not not when Pittsburgh comes to town, but Philadelphia, Dallas. Uh, Justin Herbert's been off, but it's going to not. But not if he isn't pressured. I'm assuming Vikings are pretty. good. Um, the Vikings are yeah eight and one. Um, and yeah. then the Giants. There's a lot of good teams on the back end of the schedule, so uh, it. We'll have to see where, 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 if the defense can figure this out, if Ngakwe can start playing better. Um, um, we're going to wrap this up for now. First impression podcast. One other podcast. thing I think we should touch Nate's on. Nate's got one more. Was Nate doesn't like to go to bed. What I was telling people to hate on you for was uh, Stephon Gilmore deserves another shout out because this is the he, third. He game. does keep ending games. Yeah. Uh, yes, he Except had the one the against the Commanders that didn't work. But there's three other games. They've only won four games this year, and three of them have ended with a Stephon Gilmore pass deflection. He tipped the ball up against the Chiefs for a pick. He picked off – or he stopped the play in overtime against Russell Wilson after he picked him off in the in the in regulation. And then today went up against Devontae Adams, one of the toughest matchups, one-on-one back of the end zone. Um, it was a good ball too. I watched the replay of it, it again, good. and it was a good ball. And it was a little bit of contact, but he, he just has a way of at the right moment, like keeping, keeping poised, turning around and smacking it away. And I asked him like – how do you keep doing this again and again, teams? And he said, "He's he's such a quiet, kind of quiet, mild-mannered guy, super quiet." But he said, "Like he said, I don't want to say that it's disrespectful that teams are going after me, but I love it." And it was like the the confidence and the swagger level for him, knowing his personality, is just at a very high level. And he was ready to bounce back from the the, the one against the Commanders, which is the one that got away from him. Uh, but that's like. That's just an incredible moment to not to, to, to see the ball in that way against Devontae Adams, who at that point was absolutely torching this team. I thought he was going to just single-handedly beat the Colts uh, with the way this game was turning out, but that's why you pay Gilmore that amount of money. And I, it's amazing. Like this year, if they didn't go out and sign him, he's the one player. Because the other thing that was interesting is he's like the one player they recruited with Matt Ryan because it took them forever to find Matt Ryan. Once they had him, they signed Gilmore late. This season was not going the way that he had signed up for either. So today was just a big rebound on a couple levels of you get Matt Ryan back, you get back the offense back to the way they wanted to play and those guys together. And then you have a defense that's here doing what they signed up for, which is close out a game with a lead in the fourth quarter with a guy like Stephon Gilmore who's done it time and again. He did it again today. Yeah, Gilmore's been great. And and generally the whole defense too. I mean, Zaire Franklin's having a good season. Um, I think Bobby Okereke has played pretty well overall. Um there's there's a lot of guys. Rodney McLeod has been a, a like. There's a lot of guys on defense who haven't gotten as much um, recognition as they would have gotten if the offense had been playing well. Well, like I said, we'll see. It's it's a win for Jeff Saturday. He's one and zero as a as a head coach. It's it's impressive. They they were able. He was. I think we we didn't talk a lot about Saturday on this one. We'll probably get to it in the next one. But I think I think it does say something about his ability to steady the team and understand what players are thinking because. 
this was a kind of a shell-shocked locker room after the firing of Reich. Um, several players have said that. Buckner said it today again. Um, and 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 getting them past that and ready to play, I, he definitely deserves credit for that. Um, he definitely deserves credit for understanding which what position they were in, what position he was in, and and knowing it. But but again, you're gonna have to do it over and over again because um, a lot of teams have a, have the a lot, a lot of teams who are struggling are gonna win get win games in this in this league and. Uh, it's the, the the question is can you do it over and over again? So for the Colts Cover Two podcast, I am Joy Erickson. This has been Nate Atkins. We will be coming to you, hopefully, on Wednesday. Hopefully, there will not be another press conference tomorrow night or Tuesday night. Um, Break the streak. It's been three straight one, weeks with a major change. If there's one tomorrow night, that's on you because I will not be back. I won't. My flight won't be back yet. So I'm getting back at five thirty. So we'll see. That was plenty of time for last week. Last week you'd have been there by three hours. I don't get back till 11, so um, I've got a long layover in Denver. But this is the Colts' first impressions podcast. We will be back to see how they play against the Eagles.